If you would please open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, where we will be picking right back up where we left off last week. So no question, if you've been coming here, you know exactly wherever I leave off, I pick right back up so you know ahead of time, you can actually read ahead of time and prepare uh, for the actual service. Now this morning, um, we're just going to take the first nine verses. Uh, I I don't think I'll be able to get through all 23 verses uh, today. But the first nine verses, if you would, just kind of follow along with me as I read them, and then we'll just kind of take them verse by verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when... For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not cardinal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor is he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Now as we take a look at these verses, and we follow on, we know from last week that Paul ended last week of chapter 2 speaking about two categories of men and women in the scripture. Today we see two categories of people. We see there is a natural man, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And this person, this natural man, is one who has a pattern after Adam... One who lives by the flesh and rejects the things of the spirit. They're disobedient. They're just, it's a natural. That's when you're born into this world. You're a natural man. And your natural thing is to live. You want to eat. You want to sleep. You just, you just want to be around. And you don't really interested about spiritual things. So that's just not interesting to you. You're more interested around the things that's going to bring comfort to you and make you excited and make you all feel good in emotions. Like an animal. Animal doesn't have other than a natural tendencies. Then we saw last week in verse Corinthians 2.15, there is another man or a woman that's called a spiritual man who knows the things of God, but also desires the things of God. Their life has changed. They're born again. The spirit inside them is alive now. The Holy Spirit actually has sealed them. It's living and breathing inside you. You're alive. You're a spiritual person. And you can always tell that a spiritual person because they desire the word of God. They desire to hang and be around godly people. They see things from a a biblical worldview around them. It's not just a flower that seems to keep growing, but it's something that we know that God created. It's a different mindset, a different viewpoint of life. You see babies not as something that is an it, It's never an it. It is a human being, God creation in that womb. So you can always tell someone who's a spiritual person, a spiritual man, as the scripture talks about, versus someone who's just natural and sees it as 
not from a God's perspective. Today we're going to see two kinds of saved people. A mature and an immature person, or another word that we will see Paul uses is a cardinal person. An immature saved person is a cardinal person, and we will see this today in the scripture. And this cardinal person is someone who knows the things of God, yet has chosen, has decided to be characterized or be driven still by their flesh. Their flesh still drives them. They're saved, don't get me wrong, as we will see, but their flesh still drives them. And this is the scripture refers to them as a cardinal or an immature Christian. Now we see here in verse 1 that we know that Paul says right in the very beginning that he's speaking to a brother, someone who is saved. He says, I and I brethren. If, he's, if that person wasn't saved, it wasn't a brother in Christ, he would not refer to him as brethren, would they? So he's taking, speaking to a brethren. He says, you know, could not speak to you as a spiritual people, but as, a, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So he says, I know you're part of the family. I know you're my brethren. I know you're my sister in Christ. I know this, but I can't speak to you like you're a spiritual person who, who's alive with the Spirit because you're like babes in Christ. You're like, you, you can't handle the conversations that we're going to be talking about. You're, the depths of things that I want to talk to you about, you can't handle because you still don't want to hear those things. You just want to hear, yes, I know Christ, but, and, and, I, I know, and I'm willing to say the name Jesus, but please don't tell me anything other than that. And so he's coming right out here. He says, I know that you're my brother, and I want to speak to you as spiritual people, but, but you're carnal. See, the natural man doesn't have the Holy Spirit. They don't want to hear the things of the Spirit. Opening up the scripture and having the Holy Spirit speak to them, they reject those things. Don't talk to me about God. But a cardinal person has those same kind of characteristics. They're saved, but we see that they don't want to talk about those things. I like the fire insurance. I like the fact that I'm going to heaven. But don't talk to me and don't ask me to go hang out with a bunch of Christian men and talk and some Bible study and go to women's conferences. And, and yeah, I'll come to church once in a while if there's going to be food. Or there's going to be some fun thing with it. Or some special worship is going to take place because I love the emotions from the, the worship. So when you have a special guest teacher or you have a special worship team coming, showing up, that's going to have all the bells and whistles and aim recognition, yes, I'm there for it. That's a cardinal Christian. They don't want depth. They just want the peripheral. And, and Paul continues here, and he refers to them as babes, I, he, he recognizes that their thinking and their acting, their behavior, is according to their flesh and not to the spirit. Because he recognizes, like a baby, like a, a young child who hasn't been trained up, who still lives on the peripheral of just food and sleep, <laughs> and my mama, and occasionally dad, when I can't get my mama's way, I'll get dad to do it for me. You know how it is, right? They live by the flesh. And then they lose it if they don't get their way, right? Ah, they cry and scream and meltdowns right there. You can see someone who lives by the flesh. They're, in, they're a babe. They're not mature. Because the way they respond, the way they think, the way they act to certain events. Now, of course, the flesh does not dominate every aspect of their life 
Because if it dominated their every aspect of their life, if they were filled with sin and the habitual sin and things, they would not be called a brethren by Paul. Because you can't be in habitual sin and be called a Christian. The scripture is very clear on that. That doesn't mean that you're not a Christian, a baby Christian, and there's two types of baby Christians. And you have to sometimes you can't you can't judge them because you don't know where they're at in their walk, because they could have just gotten saved and they're brand new Christian. They are just they just they just gave their life to Christ. That's all they know. That's why we don't judge people. But if someone says to you, oh, I've been a Christian for many years. But they're thinking and they're acting and their behavior and how they respond to spiritual things is like a brand new Christian or sometimes to the, end, to the degree of you know, almost like a non-believer. Then you might be looking at an immature cardinal Christian. And all we can do is pray for them, right? All we can do is encourage them. In the, in, the, in the scripture, and come along lovingly and encourage them if they're willing to receive. But we also know as we study through Romans and in the first part of Corinthians, if they do not receive and they tell you, I'm not receiving from you, I can't learn from you, what are you to do? Have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. Why? Because we want the Spirit of God to work in their life. We want them to the Holy Spirit to convict and to change their heart because they're obviously, they're not willing to receive. And it may not be you, it could be someone else they'll be able to receive from, right? So you, so you don't try to hold on to them. You just, okay, pray that someone else God will use in your life, that you will grow and mature and not stay in your immature state. See, the carnal Christian is a child of God, born again, on his way to heaven, but he is like we see in Romans 7, where he's that, that, that portrait of a carnal Christian who is indwelt by the Spirit, but mastered by the flesh. That is the most simplest of definition that I see in the Scripture to define a carnal Christian. Born again, Wants some things of the God, but they, uh, their flesh dominates them. They want what they want, when they want it, how they want it, according to what they think is best. Bad signs. And all we can do is pray for a change to take place. Now, a Christian maturing in Christ is one allowing the Spirit of God to teach him and direct him by feeding on the word of God as we study. That's someone who wants the things of God. They're wanting to be taught the word of God. They want to be in the word of God. They want to hear from the word of God. They, the decisions they make are based on the word of God, not based on a, their own opinion and their own philosophy and the, th and the philosophy of this world. But a maturing Christian is seeking after God's truth, right? Not their own truth. Not the truth of the latest philosopher of this world. Not, not the philosophy of religion. That happens too, don't you know? But we want to know what the word of God says. That is what's the most important to us. To grow and mat be maturing in, in Christ. Because the immature or the cardinal Christian lives in for the things of the flesh, of the emotion, of the moment, and have little interest of the things of depth of what God says. And what I mean by depth is that many times, I, yes, I know I love Jesus and I, 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 I want to be saved. But when we start talking about changing of your life, allowing God to start molding and shaping and cleaning up and changing so the way you think, the way you respond, where you go, who you hang with, ooh, no, no touchy on that. I don't want to hear about those things. Why is that? It's a word that causes, I think, the young people to quiver these days. It's almost like Mufasa. If I said accountability, accountability, woo, no. Because so many people don't want to be held accountable by the things of God. Because if you tell me 
then I'm held responsible for what I now know. <laughs> right? So, babes, you ever see the cover? Oh, I, I, I probably get off on a tangent here, but that's okay. So, there's this video, and, 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 and I laugh every time I see it. And there's this little video, and this, this little Hispanic kid is there, and, and mom's talking in a video, and he says, I don't hear you, I don't see you. And he closes his eyes, and he's looking up, and he's got his hands on his, and he, he sounds just like his mom and his dad, right? So, he, she, the, the little child thinks, if I close my, my, my eyes, and just keep saying, I don't hear you, I don't hear you, I don't see you. Like, it, it just goes away, and it's not true. And, and, and oh, I'm going to talk to Grandma. Grandma will give me anything she, she wants to give me. So it reminds me, because that's how we are in immature Christians. I don't hear you, I don't hear you, I don't want to hear you. I want to continue to do what I want to do. I don't like what you just said, Pastor, so I'm going to go find another church with another pastor who will tell me something what I want to hear. Because when I go to grandma's, they always give me anything I want. If I go to this church, they'll let me do anything and say anything and, and do any, everything I want. They seem to be much more seeker sensitive for me. You seem so black and white and so concrete. See, that is the signs of a cardinal Christian to me. Because they don't want the depths of Christ. They don't want to know the depths of truth. They don't, want to, they don't want to have to be accountable to apply that to their life. But let me reassure you, my brothers and sisters, as lovingly as I can say this to you, keep showing up regardless of how you feel. Let the Spirit of God do a work in your life. And he will, and he is faithful to do that work in your life. Now sometimes I can say it a little bit, a lot of truth, and maybe you don't catch a lot of love in those words. But I'd rather tell you the truth than tell you, not teach you the whole counsel of God. That's why we do verse by verse teaching. The men studied this, talked about this yesterday in men's breakfast. How one of the key Calvary Chapel distinctives is that we do the whole counsel of God. The whole book. Verse by verse. Chapter by chapter. Book by book. So that you can get the whole counsel of God so that you know how to live the way God would want you to live. That would bring joy and such peace in your life. And so as we seek this, this maturing in Christ requires us to take bold steps of faith, not by sight, to be in the word, to be looking for. Because Paul says, I tried when I was there those 18 months and I started with nothing and I led one by one by one coming to Christ. And we went from this one person to now we have a church here in Corinth and we're having this church going and it's great and people are living for Christ and loving Christ and they've walked away from the, 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 the law and they've walked away from as a, as a Greek or as a, as a, you know, a heathen and taking a hold of Christ and all this great stuff was going on. But I was teaching and feeding you as we see in verse 2. What? I fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now you were not able to receive it and even now you are still not able. In the beginning, that's fine. We're teaching the milk. We're just giving you the simplicity of the gospel. How to be saved, how to grow, how to, to read the word of God. Where's the script? The basic things, and you're growing on the, the things of God that you need to know to be saved. Milk. Milk would be, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Let's get into the Bible story about David and Goliath. And it'll be the seventh time I've taught you that. And we'll go from child book story to next book story to the next book story to the next book story to the next. That is great in children who are brand, who are infants up to a certain age. 
But when they get into the age of accountability, that's why those who are 12 years old comes into the sanctuary because they are adults. They need to go beyond the stories of certain stories of the Bible and they need to get more in depth an understanding of the whole counsel of God. Are you with me? Amen? And so as we sit there, we want to pour in. Why? Because young people can completely understand this. Why? Because if they're born again and the Spirit is in them, it's the Holy Spirit that's teaching them. So you don't have to worry about me being the old man who's boring because I'm not the one who's... And if you think I'm going to be up here entertaining you, you've got your eyes back on the flesh like a cardinal Christian. The key is, is the Spirit of God working through this moment in time, through this teaching and the study of the Word. That is what we hold on to. Because I can be gone tomorrow. Now, trust me, I wish the Lord would just take us all and rapture us tomorrow. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. But I could be gone tomorrow. So you don't put your eyes on man, and that's what was causing division here in this church. They were putting their eyes on, as we will see, on Paul and Apollos, and it was causing division. So he says, I, I've tried to feed you milk. I've fed you milk. You've gotten saved. You're, you're a church. You're born again. You've got the Spirit living in you, but you're not growing. You've, been, you've allowed the world to come back into, into this church. You've, you've stopped Seeking after the things in the depths of God, you're, you're not, I couldn't feed you solid food, the doctrines, deep doctrines of truth. Even still today, he says, I cannot, even after all this time, teach you. What's the difference between milk and solid food? The only difference is, is how you present it. There's no difference if I share the gospel with you. I'm going to share it with certain words because you're an adult. But next door, every single teacher who is sharing the gospel is sharing the exact same gospel. There's no two different gospels. Are you with me? They may be using simpler words for their age, appropriate age to understand it, but they're getting the same gospel. There's no two different gospels. Are you with me? And then we don't go into really in-depth eschatology. <laughs> I don't even use those words here yet for you, some of you. Because you're like, what does that mean? It doesn't matter. It really what matters is because keeping it simple. That's why we simply teach the word simply here. We'll have college courses eventually here, when we, especially when we move into the next place. And you'll be able to join, start up a, a university level of, of, of teaching and eschatology and all the hermeneutics and all these other things. We're going to have uh, a Bible university there. And you can sign up and take those, Lord willing. But on a normal Sunday, we're sitting here going, we want to get across, like Paul says, I want to give you the milk, but I also want to give you solid food. And you'll be able to go and take on that solid food. That's why, ladies, we want you in the ladies' studies, more solid food. Right, ladies? Those, those studies take you into some solid food. Men, that's why I want you to be there on two, uh, Thursday nights. You're going to go into solid food, discuss, solid discussions about in-depth things. That's why we want you to plug into those, not just for Sunday. The challenge that we're finding is that people who come here sometimes at Calvary Chapel, they fall in love with the verse-by-verse -verse teaching because they're hungry for the solid food. They want the whole counsel of God. Then there's some people who come here and they can't handle the verse-by-verse. -verse. They're used to junk food. They're used to the milk only. They're used to something nice and fluffy and sweet and makes me laugh and funny and, and makes me feel good. And, and that's all I want. I just want junk food, spiritual junk food. I came here because I want 45 minutes of worship and I want 10 minutes of study of, of give a cotton candy and I'm good. That's not going to help you, my, my brothers and sisters. When the storms come and the sickness comes in, 
and there's division that happens within your family or a sudden death, cotton candy is not going to do it. But the depths and understanding of who your God is and the truths of God who's going to be there for you is what you need to know and what you're going to need to sustain, be sustained upon. Because the junk food is not what maybe initially sounds good, looks good, and maybe feels good. But it's not going to sustain you. And what happens is your taste buds get a taste for just the junk food. And so even when the depths of, of, of the word comes to you or the depths of understanding and deeper things, you, you're, you go, I can't chew on that. It's just too much meat for me. You're going to be malnutritioned. It's only a matter of time you become weak, and then you'll eventually just walk away from Christ. Are you with me? We want you to mature like a child. Child cannot pick things up, cannot move. I just watched a little William, and he's just, he's got some movement going on here. He's got a little leg, but he's still not strong enough yet. And as Christians, sometimes we just sit there like little William, oh, I'm trying to move it. And I do this Christian thing, but I'm not sure what to do. And sometimes you still need someone to come along and encourage and pick up and move. And eventually, that child will outrun you. <laughs> and start saying, I can take you, Dad. And that's what we want to do. We want to grow to the point where, yes, we struggle. I don't even know where to open up the Bible. I have no idea what the books are. I don't know what that means. I don't, say, I don't know how to say these words. All these things, it's not important. But eventually, as you stay in the Word of God and hear the Word of God, you grow and mature in the Word of God, and you start getting into the meat. And you can see that it will not be... Because well, here's what happens, and why Paul is saying this here, is that if you stay and become a cardinal Christian, your baby Christian, and you stay there, and you live fleshly lives, it will cause division within the church body. You'll end up causing challenges within the church body. And I know your heart, my heart, is that, that we would never want to cause harm or hurt within the church body. Right? You want to be part of the body working together, as we will see, encouraging and loving one another, stirring up love, stirring up good works with one another, and being like-minded and doing and serving our Lord and, and just not be living in our flesh. Because it just causes division. And that's why he's saying, Paul is saying to him, I've been feeding you milk and now you're, you wouldn't take solid food. And now because of that, you're causing division within the body of Christ. And it's not good. Because he's kept saying, even as we see, we'll never outgrow that nourishing milk of the word. Always we, wanna, we want to hear the gospel of Christ. We always want to know the message of the cross. That is good stuff. That's, a good, that's what we always want to be nourishing on. But we also want to take on, as we maturing in Christ, we must take on to solid food to grow. We see that in 1 Peter 2.2. 2. We also see in Matthew 4.4, 4, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You don't, just because you, you're, you're, you're a Panera-holic uh, uh, and you just love your, your breads and that's all you want to listen to and eat on, eventually you're going to need more than bread. I know bread is so good. And you can go to fire. But you must take on some other substance, solid food. You need to get to the meat. Vegetarian ain't going to cut it here. And, and we need that, and what he is referring to here in Matthew 4.4 4, is that it's, it's by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You want to hear it, take it in, and understand it. And just like a family helps a child grow, so too in the family of God we must encourage spiritual maturity in the family. And then he continues here, and he Paul kind of again shows a little bit more evidence of someone who is a cardinal Christian, someone who's immature Christian. He says, for you are still cardinal. I mean, Paul wasn't sugarcoating, was he? 
He called it the way it is. You're cardinal. You're living in the flesh. He says, for where there are, there are envy, when people are envying those who are causing strife and causing divisions among you, are you not cardinal and behaving like mere men? For when, I, for when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not cardinal? So he says it very clearly to them. He makes it very clearly, because that was exactly what was going on in the church at Corinth. His people in the body, they were becoming envying of one another. What someone else has, and they didn't have it. Or you get to do this, and I don't get to do this, and I want to do it, and you won't let me do it. Envy is starting to come in. Then, that, then they start striving. I will do those things. I'm going to force it. I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to do whatever I can, but I'm striving. I'm going to get what I want. Eventually, it results in what? As Paul is addressing with them, it caused divisions within the church. And he says, you're behaving like mere men. It's not saying that you're, 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 you're a non-believer. He's saying your behavior is like a non-believer. You're doing things you should not be doing. If you're brothers and sisters, you should not be doing those things. Saying those things, gossiping, causing strife and envy and all these things between the people. You should not be doing those. You're acting like mere men. You're acting like people living by the flesh. And you're causing division. Ah, this group is, this little clique is a Paul, and this little clique over here is an Apollos. And it was causing division. And oh, you really want to be a Paul group because that's the most important part of the church. Oh no, you need to be Apollos, that little clique over here, because that's the, the, the in clique that you want to be part of in the church. But Paul clearly goes right for the jugular and he says, no, you're just being like mere men. You cannot be acting. You can't be thinking. Just flash. Don't do that, my people. Don't do it. Are you not being cardinal? Because strife is like the work of the flesh. We see that in Galatians 5.20. The flesh includes all the feelings that aim at not at the glory of God and the good of our neighbor, but at, the, but at gratifying themselves. That is what strife is. And be through those human relations in that church brought to light the challenges they were they were facing in their own spiritual walk. Their spiritual walk revealed where they were as an immature or cardinal man because of the fact that they were self-focused. Because divisions and envy and strife in a body are not the only signs, as we will see. They are not the only signs that show that someone's in their flesh. But they're also are the ones most evident among the Corinthians, as that Paul is noting here. All the challenges they have. He says, oh, let me highlight three things that you as, as Corinthians are uh, causing division here. And he calls them, are you not cardinal, behaving like mere men? See, because Christians have a higher calling than living like the rest of humanity. If we live like the world, like all everyone else who's non-believers, then you're not growing. You're not maturing in Christ. Having the desire to look and act and, and respond and do like any other non-believer in this world is a bad thought. That is a not the right direction. Let me be very clear with you. And I assure you, that your rationalization, as probably they're rationalizing, well, if, I, if you're like a Paul, then you're going to gravitate and you'll win more people to Christ. Oh, if you were Apollos, then you'll be more effective in the ministry and you'll, you'll you really get more people into the church. 
Today is no different. Many people today will say we need to act and look and have music and everything else like the world to get them to come in, and yes, they might just get saved. It's a, it's a philosophy that's out there in the world today, and that is contrary to what the world, Word of God says. We're to boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ. Yes, you know, we, under, we don't judge people based on what they look like or how their skin color, anything. The piercing, that doesn't matter. Everyone comes from their own story, their own background. That, that, that doesn't matter to any of us. What matters is, are they willing to hear the good news? And will they willing, by faith, accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? That's all that matters to you and I, doesn't it? Because once they do, then we know the Spirit of God living inside them will mature them. The challenge is, is we want to encourage them to continue to mature. If not, they'll be like the Corinth church where they're stuck in carnal living. And that was caused some divisions. But he says there, he highlights to them, yes, you're like ch a children. You're childish in your behavior. You're self-centered in your behavior. That is causing division. And as spiritual people who are walking after the Spirit and in truth does not do those things. You move from those things. You graduate from those. You grow from those things. You're not in high school anymore. You're not in grade school anymore. You're not kids in the playground in the, and fighting over a toy in sand anymore. You're to move on. You need to mature. Because remaining worldly is not an option for you anymore. It's not an option. Do you understand that? At no point should you and I be settled that it's okay for us to be, have some worldliness in us. Because that thinking will cause you to stay in a cardinal state. And eventually you cause division within the family. So first we see that grow to show someone who's maturing in Christ there's a change in diet. You move from milk and you add meat to your, your diet. You don't just get cotton candy. We're talking meat. You're chewing on and pondering on and meditating day and night on the things of God. That's where you want to go, my, my brothers and sisters. And if you're not there, we want to help you to get there. Just keep showing up regardless of how you feel. You will get there. The second thing that we see if the person is maturing in Christ, is that the mature Christian practices love and seeks to get along with others. They're not looking to strive or divide or to conquer and get their way. They want to be in unity and come alongside someone and love each other and help and come along and do it with someone. They're not looking to do it their way. So we see two things as who's cardinal versus someone growing and maturing in Christ. Your diet and the love for others. Unselfish love. Remember, there, he's, he's highlighting here, if you're just wanting to love people because you want to get something from them, that's conditional love. That's not what he's talking about here, right? It's Christ-like love, unconditional love. It's about giving, not about getting from someone, right? We come here not to get something. We come here to receive freely what God has for us, right? We receive what people are freely giving. Now we see here another related, related to the cause of division within this church. The Corinthians had a challenge placing their thoughts, their focus on themselves and on, on, on mere men when they should have been keeping their eyes on, on Christ. He says right here in verse 5, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. 
So that neither he who plants is anything, nor is he who waters, but God who gives the increase. See, Apollos and, and Paul were given their ministries from the Lord. We see that in Ephesians. They didn't just say, I'm going to plant and I'm going to water and that's what I'm going to do. God gave them the ministries. Are you with me? They just patiently waited to see what God was going to and wanted them to do. And so they, God gave them, the Lord gave them those ministries. We see that in Ephesians 4.11. And Paul starts says, well, who then is Paul? Who am I? Paul and Apollos are not the ones who you believed on for salvation. You didn't believe in my life and who I am to get saved. I was just a vehicle. It says right here, Paul says, I was just used by God to bring you to Jesus. That's all I'm for. He could have used a donkey. He could have used a rock and had a rock speak. He could have had a burning bush again to speak and bring someone to Christ. But he chooses you as a believer, as a, as a child of his, to be just a vessel to bring and introduce Jesus to someone. And then when they heard the, the good news, they didn't believe on a Paul and Apostle or a, Apollos. They believed in Jesus Christ. That's who they put their faith in. Not in the person that was the voice but the person of Jesus Christ. And so Paul was sitting there, wait a minute, I am, I, I, there were the, they were the means of how you got to know Christ, but we're not the cause. Your faith came from God. God is doing the work. It's like a farmer. The farmer plants a seed, he waters it. He plows up the ground, he gets it, it, creates an environment that the seed and the water will take, and it's the miracle of life, the, what God has created, that causes the growth to take place. All the farmer can do is just provide the right environment for growth. And then trust that the miracle of life will take place from the labor that God called him or her to do in the field. Some people get frustrated as a Christian. They get frustrated because they want to be the one that waters. That's what I want to do. I want to water. When God actually called them to go out and do the planting. But I don't want to do the planting. I want to do the watering. But God called you to plant. Oh, I want to water. I don't want to go plow. That's a lot of hard work. But that's what God's called you to do, is go do the plowing. Someone else is going to plant the, the seeds. Someone else is going to do the watering. Just be faithful in what God is calling you to do in the field. Let him, do, let him direct you. He owns the field. He has control over the field. He just wants you to be faithful and just do what he's called you to do. Others are frustrated because they want to make the increase happen. I want to bring people to Christ. That's all I want to do. Well, that's not what God's going to use you to do. He just wants you to plant the seeds. And maybe even water. And yes, maybe he's going to use you to actually lead someone to Christ and see the harvest. But God does that work still. You're just, you're just helping them to introduce them to Christ. God does the work in harvesting. Real fruitfulness in ministry happens when we are peacefully content with what God has called us to do. Amen? Contentment is great gain in life and how you run your household, how you raise your children, every Contentment is great gain, the Bible says. And if we're serving the Lord in the body of Christ, he says, just be peacefully content where God has you. And then when he adds, let him, he adds. He equips you, and you, oh, God, you have something new for me? Okay, here we go. Oh, it's going to be more? <laughs> we're not replacing something? No, no. You've been so faithful, I'm adding more to your life. And then when you've been faithful there, he adds more to your life. 
And then he adds more. Until a point where like, oh, Lord, that's, I, I can't take any, I can't handle anymore. He says, no, 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 don't trust me. I'm doing the work through your life. I'm going to strengthen you and equip you. Just take steps of faith. Let me do the work. You're not doing it. You're just a vessel that I have prepared to do this work. But just be faithful, and we'll do it. And as he takes him through, we see the fact that now he who plants, verse 8, and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. So we finish here today and we see the fact that God says, yes, you're planting and you're going to water, but do you know you're one? You're working together. You're in unity doing the things for Christ. Yes, you're going to be rewarded separately based on your labor and your labor and what you do for Christ and what you do for Christ. You'll be rewarded. And God is fair, right? God is just, right? Are you with me? These are, that, that, that was milk. I just gave you a little milk. He's, he, he, God is love. He's, he's just. He's, he's, he's faithful, right? These are, these are milk things I'm giving you. We want to hear those things, right? We want to take, drink it up, right? But now we understand that we're going to receive rewards for the things we do that God has asked us to do. See, milk is all about now in the present of what God's doing in your life. Meat is about what God is doing now in heaven and what he will be doing in the future and through us. See, it's two different levels there. That's why I find, as another short note here, I, I didn't realize this all these years of teaching the book of Revelation. I never knew that in the book of Romans. Two books that really almost distinguish where we stand in our maturity as a Christian. Did you know that? If you, those who have taught that Romans and, and Book of Revelation or have gone through it, you understand what I'm talking about, don't you? You'll take the book of John. You'll take the book of Matthew, any of the Gospels. You love those. Even Acts. Ooh, that's kind of fun. New church startup. But then you start going in the depths of the doctrine of how you are to live as a Christian. Romans hit you right between the eyes, don't they? And then he takes you to all the way to Revelation. And he brings in front of you up a huge plate of red meat, man. Fresh off the grill. All about the future of the millennium and the rapture. And all those things. And you can tell which people who are desiring or mature Christians. Because you just eat that up. If you're not ready to take that like the, the people in Corinth, they reject the things of Romans and the things of Revelation. They don't, that's too much and that scares, it, it, they're not there yet. They can't handle that. I always found that fascinating until all of a sudden you're scripture and you're studying more and you're studying more and you realize, ah, that's what Paul was talking about. Paul kept them at the milk level because they couldn't handle the depths. But let me reassure you, my brothers and sisters. Go back, start listening to the Gospels if you haven't gone through the Gospels. We are making it through Romans. We're now in 1 Corinthians. We're just going to keep going, okay? You will learn to digest all that the Lord has for you. Because he says each one will receive the reward according to his own labor. We are God's fellow workers. We're all important. There's nothing that God is calling you to do that is insignificant. Nothing. Those of you who have humbly, quietly behind the scenes cleaned this place, you will be rewarded greatly. Those who are out there and they're going and, sh and sharing the gospel and sharing this and doing this and praying. All they're doing is sitting at home quietly praying for certain people. That person, that's all they can physically do is just pray and become a prayer warrior. That person will be rewarded greatly when they get to heaven. Greatly. And 
that's what Paul is saying. We're all fellow workers. We're all going to be rewarded for the things that God is doing. We're in God's field. We just do what God's called us to do. Just work the plows if that's what you do. Put the seeds. Is that what you're supposed to do? Water. Just be faithful and do it with a lot of joy and praise and worship because he's called you to do it. He doesn't have to call you to do anything. Who are we? We're only something in a, and we're tremendous value because of what God has done in our lives. Not because of something you've done. And as we keep that perspective and we just keep worshiping God and worshiping as we do whatever he's called us to do to raise that family, to take care of that wife, to do what we do at work, what we do within the body of Christ, reaching the lost, encouraging those in the faith, things that God has clearly said we're to do, then what happens is we will find ourselves growing or maturing in Christ. And as not only you, but also the local church, this church body, Calvary Chapel, we will start seeing fruits of the Spirit as we see in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. You'll start seeing the fruits of the Spirit come and start being... You can't create it. Only God can bring that, that fruit growth in your life that will be harvest. That tremendous fruit of the Spirit will be apparent in your life. It will be apparent in the church. It, then you will see that fact that you have desire holiness. We'll see holiness in your life. We'll see holiness in the church. We'll see that you will have a giving heart. Not someone who just wants to get, get, get. But you will have a giving heart. And not only a giving heart personally, but you'll see in the body of Christ a giving church. We're just going to want to go out and give to the work of the kingdom and the things of the kingdom and into this community. That is another fruit that we'll bear. Then we'll see good works in Colossians 1.10. We'll, we'll be praising the Lord, Hebrews 13.15. We'll see souls won because we've reached out, because his body is reaching out. We see that in Romans 1.13. And all of that, everything of that, will be given to the glory of God. You and I want no glory from it. No recognition from it. No attention from it. God, we want God to get all the glory. Amen?